With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. College football and the NFL, two interesting results. NC State gets a double-digit win over Louisville, and the Patriots are not dead yet. They go on the road, and they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers just look average. Maybe the most surprising thing about this game was – Not that the Patriots won, because the Patriots are like the horror movie villain that you can't kill, right? This is the first must-win regular season game I can remember from the Patriots in a very long time. So I anticipated they would find a way to get it done, but I thought they would find a way to get it done by scoring more points than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I did not think that their defense would show up, and also didn't necessarily think that Nick Folk was going to miss three different field goals, including a 31-yarder that I would imagine an awful lot of people, really, legitimately, people can make uh, a 31-yard field goal in an NFL game. So Cam Newton and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a chance to go to 3-1 and one to serve notice that they are a legitimate threat in the NFC South to kind of stamp themselves as a team legitimately on the rise by beating Tom Brady and the Patriots. Instead, they frankly don't play that well They missed several field goals, which obviously is a dispositive factor. And when you actually look at the box score, the two teams are relatively even. The Patriots, while they held uh, the Buccaneers to just 14 points, still gave up over 400 yards of offense. But it's nothing near, nowhere near, as bad as they had been prior to this moment. So the Patriots now, at 3-2, and feel pretty good about themselves. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 2-2, two and two, well, I mean, you're pretty much where every decent team is in the NFL. Everybody kind of sitting around 2-2. Two and two. Only one team is undefeated, and that remains the Kansas City Chiefs, while there are a lot of teams out there that have had both uh, impressive and disappointing performances already, even as we're just a little bit past a quarter of the way through the NFL season. The Major League Baseball playoffs also 
uh, officially off and underway, the NLDS and the ALDS. I'm going to bring in Danny G. What happened in these games? I was uh, kind of focused on football. We also had a big, cool event at Zany's last night. Thanks to the hundreds of you who came out last night and uh, and saw me perform. We're going to be doing a lot of those events. Uh, I'm going to be in St. Louis today, uh, this afternoon, evening. So if you want to hang out there, you can uh, check out the Outkick VIP message board, see where we'll be on Monday. We will have uh, another event in Birmingham, Alabama. So I'm kind of running all over the place taking care of these events. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I hope you guys who are listening to this now that were there uh, had a good time. Let me know what you thought of the event um, and uh, look forward to doing more of them. But let's bring in the crew and Danny G, give us an update on the Major League Baseball postseason. This is the time of year, October, best sports month of the year, when there are a lot of different moving parts going on all at once. And uh, let's hit it on the Major League Baseball front. Yeah, two AL playoff openers yesterday. Both home teams were winners. The Indians were pretty dominant as they shut out the Yankees 4 to nothing. Trevor Bauer had a great start. He shut out the New York Bats. And uh, the scary part, Bauer is the Indians' number three starter. So this could only get worse for the Yankees if their bats don't come alive. And then the Astros, they went ham on Chris Sale. Uh, Houston's second baseman, Jose Altuve, had he had three home runs all of September, Clay. He hit three bombs just yesterday. Amazing for a little, short, uh, little second baseman. And uh, Altuve's a legit AL MVP candidate. So he showed out yesterday. Verlander also looked great for Houston. Astros clobbered the Red Sox 8-2. to two. And you have four games to look forward to today. Boston at Houston for Game 2 on FS1. New York at Cleveland. Chicago at Washington for Game 1 in that NL series. And Arizona at the L.A. Dodgers on TBS to end things off tonight. Lots of people are going to be playing hooky down in Houston because that game is a 1 o'clock Central, 2 o'clock Eastern start for the Red Sox and the Astros. But games going all day long in addition to the fact that there are obviously going to be a lot of great NFL and college football games that are getting set to tee off as we move into the weekend. So were these outcomes in Major League Baseball, the Astros over the Red Sox and the Indians over the Yankees, to you, Danny G, indicative of the way these series are going to go? Uh, In other words, do you think those teams should be prohibitive favorites? Yeah, uh, well, I think the Indians should definitely uh, be a team that we would expect could get all the way to the World Series. But, I mean, the thing that surprised me was that the Yankees, they, they looked so good against the, the Twins, at least their bats did, but maybe they celebrated a little too early because, man, did they have fun in the locker room after beating the Twins. But then when it came to figure out, figuring out their pitching situation, they went through a lot of pitchers in that wild card game. So, so they got to get their bullpen act together. And then the Astros, they're another favorite. So it didn't surprise me, but Mookie Betts and company, the, the Red Sox, they've, they've been up and down. They're a streaky team similar to the Dodgers. So we'll see if they can bounce back as well. But it, it was pretty much as expected with both home teams winning yesterday. Clayton Kershaw on the mound in L.A. for a 7.30 p.m. Pacific time, 10.30 Eastern, if you're interested in watching that game. Uh, start this after this evening late and the Dodgers are minus 250 to win that game big favorites what's the vibe in La La Land as the uh, Dodger chance to win first title since 1988 officially begins everybody wants tickets I've been going on the you know the ticket apps and everything for the past week and what are they costing I have no idea well to sit Loge to sit anywhere down 
you know, towards the field normally would cost you, you know, $200 for good seats. It's double that right now. So it's wow. be 400, 420 for those same two tickets. So the nosebleed seats right now are a couple hundred bucks. So it, it's a pretty penny to get into the game right now, but best believe the Dodger parties in this city are kind of crazy. There's a bar right down the street from my house, and they've been showing all the Dodger games all season, and that place is going to be jumping tonight. The whole city is psyched because, obviously, it's been since 1988. What a long drought, and this is the year it feels like. Awesome. This is the year indeed. All right, let's circle back around. I think the biggest story of the night is and remains the performance by the Patriots against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think we have a couple of clips of audio. If you somehow have been out of touch, the Pucks Bucks are throwing the ball into the end zone, trying to win from the 19-yard line to end the game. But the missed field goals led to the fact that the Patriots kind of had control of this game throughout. Let's listen from Jameis Winston talking about the outcome in that game. This game's behind us. I guess that's a positive. I wish we could have came up with a win but you know when you're playing the best quarterback in the world and you're playing against a great defense uh, you got to be on top of everything and uh today uh I wasn't so uh, their quarterback played way better than I did so they ended up winning the game never gave up we kept fighting and uh and that just shows you about how you know hungry this team is and uh, how much the fans helped us out you know being at home we did not want to lose a game at home so battle back but again, uh, it's two seconds on the clock. Your quarterback has to make a play for you. You, know, you gotta, you gotta do something. As a quarterback, you gotta make a play. That's Jameis Winston talking about that game. Now, Tom Brady. We said Brady maybe still be Brady. I think I know I did yesterday. But the Patriots' defense is not still the Patriots' defense. Well, Brady kind of looked a little bit old, and I'm not gonna be the person who is going to talk about Tom Brady every week because I've said before, I think he's the most reliable aspect of the Patriot offensive attack. But without Gronkowski, he had two turnovers. He fumbled. He threw an interception early in that game. Patriots turned the ball over twice and overcame it and got a massive win on the road. I'm going to bring in the crew. We'll get everybody's opinion. I think until the Patriots, again, Patriots to me are a horror movie villain. You know how the horror movie villain always comes back right? You don't just have to kill the Patriots. You have to burn them to death. You have to like throw them, bury them alive, like everything in order to keep them from reemerging as a threat to win the Super Bowl. And I fully expected them to find a way to beat the, uh, the, the Bucks on the road in this Thursday night turnaround. And they did. They lost a tough game on Sunday to the Panthers. They are now one and two at home. They were going on the road just a couple of days rest. Rob Gronkowski's not playing. It seemed like everything was set up for us to come on the show Friday morning and have a Patriots funeral. And every time that that's been set up for about the last 15 years, it seems like the Patriots have risen to the challenge and told us not so fast. And that seems to be, to me, the story so far. Now, what exactly are the Patriots going to be capable of from here? They got to get healthy. They've got to get better on the defensive side of the ball. There's no doubt about that. But they have the best coach in football. And they have a uh, a pretty talented uh, quarterback, by the way. Maybe the greatest, certainly the greatest, I think, in the history of the uh, the game itself. They now get the Jets. You would think the Patriots, even on the road against the Jets, are not going to lose that game with extra days. That gets them to 4-2. and two. 
Then they have a big game against the Falcons, but that game is in Foxborough. If they win that game as a rematch of the Super Bowl, everybody will say, hey, look, the Patriots are back. They'll be 5-2. and two. Then they get the Chargers. All right, I think they have a good chance to win that game given the fact that the Chargers are 0-4. So in their next three, probably worst-case scenario, the Patriots go 2-1. and one. Likely, I think, to go 3-0. and oh. If that happens, they're 6-2 and two, just in time for them to roll out to face the Broncos at the midway part of the season. Schedule, not going to get that easy, but the next three are very, very easy for the Patriots. And uh, Jason Martin, are you with me that the Patriots looked a little bit like their vintage selves last night and finding a way to win a big game, national television, Thursday night, Everything lined up against them, and they find a way to get it done on the road against a good young Bucks team. Look, this team could be one and f- one and four easily right now if it wasn't for some serious heroics from Brandon Cooks a couple of weeks ago against the Texans, and then certainly Nick Folk going ridiculously bad last night and missing three field goals for the Bucks. That's nine points they left on the board right there. Obviously, you know what I gotta. I already like Jameis Winston in a lot of respects, the way he's comported himself as a pro. To stand up there and put all the onus on himself about not being able to make a play at the end of that football game, not say anything about his kicker, there are players in this league that would have thrown Nick Folk under the bus, yet they didn't do it. So, you know, they win 19-14. to I think that if you want to talk about a 40-year-old starting to look old, I don't think he looks old with full rest, but when you're coming off playing on Sunday in a tough game and losing that and then having to turn around four days later and play, yeah, I think maybe it takes a little bit more time for a Tom Brady perhaps to be ready to play after a short turnaround like that. But they did win the game. They're going to be okay, and I think that that's the worst-case scenario for the rest of the AFC in particular because this team really should be potentially one and four, or certainly should be two and three right now if the Bucks were able to do anything last night. But it, it is kind of – I'm not going to give them too much credit. The defense certainly came around. Tampa Bay made it look easy for them at times because they left some serious points on the board. But I'm not going to give them that much credit when the Bucks missed three field goals that could have potentially changed that entire game. Good deal. What about you guys out in L.A.? Are you believing that the, that the, uh, the Patriots are back, or do you think the Patriots ever left? I mean, I'm still not sold on, on their defense, but I, I never thought that Tom Brady left. And when you have Tom Brady, you've always have a chance to win games. So um, overall, I think that, you know, with, with him under center, they've, they're always going to be a good team overall. It is amazing to think about how much different our, our conversation would be if Jameis Winston had made a play with two seconds left, right? I mean, I was watching that game live, and I was thinking, my God. Well, what am I rooting for here? Because I didn't, I didn't gamble on this game, so I wasn't like kind of dialed in on the gambling front. And I was sitting there thinking as the Bucks took the snap, you know, if Jameis Winston makes this throw, then everybody's going to focus on the fact that the Patriots are two and three. I think it would have been more about the Patriots being two and three than it would have been about the Bucks being three and one. But it would have been amazing to think about how different the way we would have covered this story would have been if that would have happened. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hope you guys are having a fantastic Friday wherever you may be across the country. It's time for the Geico Play of the Day. (laughs) That's an interesting phrase. It's time for the Geico Play of the Day. 
That'd be a hell of a different thing. Uh, Jose Altuve had a historic day for the Houston Astros as they opened up the division series against the Boston Red Sox. Not one, not two, but three home runs. That ball's got a chance. Make it three. Are you kidding me, Altuve? Three home runs. That's an MVP. That audio, courtesy of the Houston Astros Radio Network, only eight other players have ever hit three home runs in one playoff game. One of them, a guy named Babe Ruth. Also, Altuve, five foot six. No one that short has ever done it in a playoff game. It's unbelievable that baseball has stats for all this stuff. That's your Geico play of the day. Great news. Quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Yesterday, we talked a lot about the Cam Newton controversy surrounding the way that he spoke to a reporter from a Charlotte newspaper. And yesterday evening, Cam Newton released an official uh, apology. This is that audio. After careful thought, I understand that my word choice was extremely degrading and disrespectful uh, to women. And to be honest, that was not my intentions. And if you are a person who took offense to what I said, I sincerely apologize to you. Uh, I'm a man who tries to be a positive role model in my community and tries to use my platform to inspire others. And I own, I, I take ownership to everything that comes with that. And what I did was extremely unacceptable. Um, I'm a father to two beautiful daughters and at their age I try to instill in them that they can do and be anything that they want to be Uh, and the fact that during this whole process I've already lost sponsors and countless fans I realize that the joke is really on me and I've learned a valuable lesson from this and to the, the, the young people who see this I hope that you learn something from this as well. Um, Don't be like me. Be better than me. And to the reporters, to the journalists, to the moms, super moms, to the daughters, the sisters, and the women all around the world, I sincerely apologize and hope that you can find the kindness in your heart to forgive me. This story, I think, has been really probably way overplayed. I mean, in the grand scheme of things. Uh, It's not that significant of a story, although in typical internet fashion, the woman that Cam Newton spoke to also evidently had some racist tweets that she sent like four or five years ago while she was in college. It's just the typical internet story, right? Somebody's offended, and then that person who was offended has maybe done worse things in her life, and I'm just ready for this story to officially be over, right? I mean, there wasn't much substance to this thing from the get-go. Cam Newton probably just should have avoided commenting in any way, just answer the questions, Um, but it puts uh, a lot of onus on him now going forward as uh, as we see whether or not the Panthers are capable to build on that 3 and 1 record and still the big question with Cam Newton is is he ever going to get back to the MVP caliber season that he had in what was it now 2015 
2015 Cam Newton, 17-1 and in the Super Bowl, and the expectation is that the Panthers are going to win that game. Cam Newton is going to become the face of the NFL. Instead, his team loses. He gets beaten up. He doesn't perform very well in the postgame press conference, and then he's awful all of last year, 2016. This year, early in the season, had not been very impressive, but had a good game on the road against the Patriots, and we'll see whether the Panthers can build on that and turn it into more of a substantially successful season. But for me, I am completely over this uh, this controversy. I still find it insane that Cam Newton and his response to a reporter at a press conference is getting more attention than Michael Bennett lying about the Las Vegas Police Department. And to me, this is an indictment in some ways, many ways, of the media as a whole that they can get trapped in stories like these which aren't that significant in the grand scheme of things. Now, Cam Newton lost a few sponsors. It sounds like there was uh, significant pressure on him to speak out. That statement to me, and I haven't watched it, I've only heard it, that statement to me seems a little bit like a hostage video. Like he's reading and being told exactly what he needs to say in that video to put this story behind him. But if I were him, I'd be like, hey, I've addressed it. I've answered it. There's nothing else to be said here. And we'll see what happens as they roll into the uh, into the weekend of the NFL and college football. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. As we come into the weekend, what do I try to do? I try to make everybody money. I try to make everybody rich. I try to give everybody an opportunity to be able to cash out. And that's what I'm going to do right now. A little bit earlier than normal, but I think it makes sense. It's the gambling picks from OutKick, and I got a couple of blood bank guarantees. Let's go ahead and hit the music, boys. Guess who's back? It's time. A.K.A. Mr. Make It Rain on the move. For Clay Travis to make us rich. I'm rich! Including the legendary, famous, well-known, talk of the town, most celebrated. I'd buy that for a dollar. Blood bank guaranteed. Now, I want you to all get your pens ready, pencils. I don't want people to be sending me text messages. Text messages are the wrong thing. Sending me tweets saying, hey, can you give me your picks? I'm giving them out right now. You can go see them at outkick.com as well. I got 10 winners for you. And we start with Penn State at Northwestern. Lots of people not aware that Pat Fitzgerald is 3-0 against James Franklin head-to-head. Once at Vanderbilt, twice at Penn State, Northwestern's coach has come out on top. And this line, I think, is a little bit high. Two touchdowns on the road at Northwestern. I think it stays close. Penn State's going to win, but Northwestern is going to cover. Keep this name in mind. DJ Durkin. Maryland has now won two games on the road as a double-digit underdog so far this year. They went on the road against Texas, 151-41 to start the season. And they went on the road this past weekend and won against Minnesota as a double-digit underdog. Now they are around a 31-point underdog to Ohio State. I know Ohio State was great this past weekend against Rutgers, and we lost some money there. But I think that Maryland is going to be able to stay within the number, even in the shoe. 31 points is a massive line. Give me the Terrapins and DJ Durkin keeping this close. Arkansas at South Carolina, the under. Will Muschamp defense comes to play and they control the overall scope and magnitude and basic tempo of these games. 
the last four South Carolina games have posted totals of 44, 36, 33, and 41. Arkansas is coming to town, and I think South Carolina will slow down that offensive attack. I believe, no idea what's going to happen in this game. Arkansas is a small favorite, but the over-under opened at 51. I think it's around 49 now. The under is going to cash. Washington State, this is a fascinating game. Washington State at Oregon, because the line has bumped back and forth a couple of different times. Right now, I believe it's Washington State minus two and a half. Oregon is going to have to start a walk-on quarterback. Washington State is coming off a huge win over USC. They're 5-0. and I think that offense is going to be able to continue to score, and I don't believe, ultimately, that Oregon with a walk-on quarterback is going to be able to keep up. That's why I've got the Cougars, get Wazoo, take them on the road against Oregon. Georgia at Vanderbilt. I think Georgia is going to blow out Vanderbilt, and I actually think the over is going to hit. Georgia is on a roll right now. Vanderbilt is playing its fourth straight physically draining competition. Kansas State, Alabama, Florida, now Georgia. Vanderbilt is beaten up. I don't believe that they will have enough horses to match what the Bulldogs can bring to bear. Physical beating again coming from Vander coming for Vanderbilt. I've got the over here and I have got the Georgia Bulldogs. LSU at Florida. And by the way, Georgia is one of my blood bank guarantees. If you're not familiar with the blood bank guarantee, what does that mean? That means that you should go straight to your blood bank. You should tell them, hey, I've got platelets to sell for you. You extend your arm. They start taking your platelets. When you get your money for the platelets, you take it straight to your bookie. You take it straight to your Vegas casino. You take it straight to your offshore. You make your deposit. And you get rich on that one. The other blood bank guarantee, it's a special weekend. We've got a double blood bank guarantee. LSU at Florida. The Gators are around a two and a half or three point favorite. And I love the under here. But I think LSU is a bad football team. Coming off a tough loss to Troy on the road against the Gators. I believe what's going to happen here is pretty simple. The Gators are going to win by seven or more. That means you cover double blood bank guarantee there. And finally, a couple more good ones. Ole Miss at Auburn. Auburn minus 21. Last week, Ole Miss lost 66-3. to Auburn's offense is starting to roll. It started with Mizzou. It continued against Mississippi State. I think it continues another week against Ole Miss. Auburn wins by 30 or more. Bama on the road at Texas A&M. I gave this pick out to you at minus 22. It's now out to around minus 26 and a half. I just think Bama is too much for anybody to take right now, even on the road against Texas A&M. Give me Bama, and I'm going to tell you we're going to get a cover. That's 10-0, 10-0, boys and girls. No doubt at all about what is coming there. I'm going to make you rich. Again, if you missed some of those picks, you can go check them out at outkick.com. All right. Uh, Big story of the day, obviously, in addition to the fact that I just gave you 10 picks that are going to win. The Patriots, uh, last night on the road, managed to get a win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, at least for a moment, kill the argument that they are not a legitimate contender in the world of uh, the NFL. After going 1-2 and in their last three at home in Foxborough, they were going on the road, Jameis Winston and the Tampa Bay Bucs, the latest NFC South gunslinger to rise up in the young quarterback rankings. I've told you before, the NFC South has the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And whether you're talking about Drew Brees, Cam Newton, uh, Matt Ryan, or Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston trying to go ahead and set his stamp 
that he's the next big-time quarterback in the league based out of the NFC South. Instead, he's just okay. He had uh, some comments to make after the game. I'll play those for you here again here momentarily. Throwing into the end zone with two seconds left. I mean, really, if that pass is complete for a touchdown, everything changes. Everything that we're talking about with the New England Patriots, they would be two and three, and we would be asking the question, are the Patriots done? I will say this. I'm starting to think this is Brady's last year. Maybe maybe that's crazy. Maybe that is crazy. But there's just something about the way Tom Brady looks that it seems a little bit like he's saying goodbye to football. Is that a crazy position? Maybe. But it, maybe I'm also factoring in Giselle coming out and talking about his health. He says he wants to play till he's 45 years old. But I certainly would imagine that the only way he wants to play until he's 45 years old is if the Patriots are contending for Super Bowls. And I'm starting to wonder whether the Patriots finally might have had their window pass. And is that a crazy question to ask? Let me bring in the crew. Is it crazy for me to start be watching Brady and thinking, you know what, this might be his last go-around? Jason Martin, crazy? Not crazy. Anybody that's 40 years old that already has the resume that he does, if he's playing, he's playing because he still loves the game. And I think that's what you want to watch as you watch the rest of the season. It's just how much fun does Tom Brady appear to be having playing quarterback in the National Football League at his age, especially if the Patriots aren't going to be the football team that everybody suggested. you got to remember, six, eight weeks ago, the talk was whether or not this team would go undefeated. That was all the rage up in Boston. We talked to Casey Smith in hour three. I'm sure you'll ask her this question about potentially being Tom Brady's last year as well. I don't think it's crazy. I don't think it's his last year either. I still think he at least plays next year. But I wouldn't be stunned, I guess, if it were. So it's certainly not crazy to ask that about a 40-year-old player with the resume he already has. You guys, Were you guys with me at all that that's something you've picked up on in any way, uh, Danny G and Justin, watching Tom Brady play this year? The first quarter, did you notice on that play where they were about to score and instead he gets sacked and he just gets up and he, and I could see what you're saying, Clay, because Jason hit on it with the word fun. He didn't look like he was having much fun on the field. And you're right about everything changing with uh, that ball being caught in the end zone for Jameis. But it would I, be it would be unbelievable oh, yeah, the amount you, of difference around. in this show yeah. if they had completed that pass with two seconds left. And you'd be talking about is Jameis one of the next studs? You know, uh, here's the thing with Brady though: if the Pats win it all, I could see him maybe walking away. But he's not he's not going to go out with L's. Yeah, I mean the, the the challenge is it's so rare that you have a Peyton Manning or a John Elway, right? A quarterback who finishes his career literally at the absolute apex. And certainly a lot of people would have hoped or wished that Jordan, for instance, would have ended his career right after that step-back jumper when he pushed off against Brian Russell, right? I mean, most people back in 98 would have liked to have seen Michael Jordan ride off into the sunset with his sixth NBA championship as opposed to coming back and playing for the Wizards. And, you know, basically, I wouldn't say he's like in any way really kind of changed his legacy, but I, there, there's a desire for, I, I think, for fans to be able to have that moment where someone leaves at the absolute apex of their career. Elway wins back-to-back Super Bowls, rides off into the sunset, now has been a very successful executive uh, at winning championships as well. Uh, Peyton Manning, last pass, I believe, of his career 
was a – I think I'm correct in this – was a two-point conversion to uh, to win his second Super Bowl. Those are really rare circumstances to have arise where everything basically goes perfect and you ride off into the sunset. I think it's unlikely that we're going to get that moment for Tom Brady. But five weeks into the season now, we're almost a third of the way into the season. The Patriots are 3-2. and two. They're not going to go 19-0. and 0, But they certainly serve notice that it's way too early to say – that they are not still the defending champs. And like I said, when you look at their schedule, to me anyway, next two should be wins, and then they should be 5-2 and two with the Atlanta Falcons coming to town. Because again, the Patriots' next couple they get are very winnable games, and we'll see whether or not, look, I mean, if, they, if the Patriots come back and lose on the road at the Jets this weekend, on a long weekend, uh, next weekend, I mean, with extra time to prepare, the questions will be right back. And uh, and then we get the game against the Falcons. So we'll see whether or not when that Super Bowl rematch happens, whether the Patriots look like the same team that came back from a 28-3 deficit against the Falcons. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. I had a bullet from strict respect to my face. Sam, you have a what? This is Animal Thunderdome. All right, what have we got? Honestly, I'm still kind of uh, overwhelmed by the story that we covered the other day about the 23-foot python that got the guy got into a fight, nearly died with. Then they killed the python and ate him. So at least that is a positive in that respect. Uh, but who wants to go first? Who's got a good story? There's a couple of interesting ones out there. One out of Canada. A resident pleaded guilty to violating wildlife regulations after he was caught trying to smuggle live snakes into the country in his socks. This man, 28 years old, a Chinese national who resides in Ontario, pleaded guilty to violating the regulations in a U.S. court. He was stopped on a bridge in Queenstown while trying to enter Canada from New York. They found he was hiding three albino western hognose snakes in his socks that he planned afterwards to mail to China. Prosecutors also said earlier the same day he had mailed seven live ball pythons from Amherst to Shanghai through the U.S. Postal Service in a package that bore a false name on the return address and purported to contain belts, candy, and chocolate. Apparently, estimated value of the snakes, $3,300. He also had some court situations with snakes back in 2014 as well. Who is it that's smuggling snakes in socks, Clay? I don't know, but I, this reminds me of the story. We remember, I think it was California where the guy was smuggling cobras in, like, Pringles chip cans, and I just said, you got to execute this guy. Like, I'm generally anti-death penalty, but when I hear somebody is smuggling cobras in Pringles cans... I'm like, just go ahead and chop his head off. I mean, I, I'm not going to try to defend this guy anymore. But through the socks and everything else, I just smuggling snakes in general is a pretty spooky thing to me. I, I don't uh, agree or appreciate that in general. I think it's weird to s- just mail snakes in general in a package. Like, this should be a severe penalty. There's no doubt. Yeah, another situation is that bears. Are you are all right there? By the way, you almost died. I, I needed a beverage. <laughs> just. Apparently a 23-foot python just entered my my studio here. But a Texas woman 
and this is just more bear stories. There have been like bear epidemics. Connecticut's bear population, black bear population, is up 10% this year. There have been already two or three more sightings in Colorado. I honestly don't know. I don't know like, how the census works the for stat, bears. You know, like the bear population's up 10% in Connecticut. Like, how do they know that? You got me. I'll look that up during the break. But I mentioned a couple in trees in Colorado, but also a Texas woman was visiting Colorado. Liddy Breeden woke up Monday morning and found a mama bear and two of her cubs rummaging through her car. They opened, actually opened the door. It was this unlocked. This is becoming a trend where the bears just like are literally able to open cars. I didn't know when bears got the ability. They've been going into houses and now they're just opening cars. We had that story the other day where the bear was in the car and he was just honking the horn. And then he started driving it. Remember that? Yeah, they're they're literally becoming humans right before our very eyes. There's also a story and a photo out there of a bear that was caught in a landfill sitting on a couch like a human. Just chilling. Like this was, yeah, just absolutely sitting with back against the back of the couch the whole nine. But this is why this story intrigued me a little bit. Liddy's quote, she didn't make a sound at me, meaning the mother bear. That baby bear, though, when I opened the door started hissing at me and i thought oh dear now i'm in really big trouble unquote so you're telling me that liddy breeden this a little bit older than middle-aged woman because the bear had actually closed the door the mom had closed the door behind so that they could get to the food or whatever was in this suv she went and opened the door to get the bears out just by herself who sees three bears in their car and immediately was like well i need to get them out so i'm just going to walk over and open the door and hope that they don't eat my face off yeah, that's a pretty aggressive move by the middle-aged woman to just be like, hey, my SUV is more important than my life. I've got to go make sure I save myself. Uh, anything from the L.A. crew? Did you guys find any good Animal Thunderdome stories? Now, Clay, I, I don't know if you've seen this, but the uh, and I don't know if you guys played it when, when Robert was here, but uh, the rugby player that got bit by a lion because he was petting it? No, I didn't hear anything <laughs> about this. Yes, uh, it's a 29-year-old Scott Baldwin. Uh, he is a rugby player, and he took a trip to a South African wildlife reserve. I guess the uh, employees there told him to, you know, that it was okay to pet the lions through the cage. It, it didn't uh, end up well. We, I, I actually have audio. Uh, oh, we need to hear. We need to hear the audio. So the guy decide. First of all, if you are at a zoo of some sort and somebody says it's okay to reach in and pet the lions through the cage, I think that's probably bad advice. I'm not an expert in lion behavior, but I think if they're telling you, hey, you can reach into the cave and pet the lions, that's probably bad advice. But we have audio of this? Yes. Here, take a listen. Every animal attack sounds pretty much the same. There's nothing happening. There's nothing happening. There's nothing happening. Everybody's happy. And everything's happening. And then suddenly the animal just attacks. Do you think they set this guy up? It was weird. Like they, they, they was like, oh, let's get him to the first aid. Like it was just like it was something that happens. That's unbelievable. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Here we go, boys and girls. Here are the voicemails 
for the I hate you, Clay Travis line, which frequently turn into I hate other people even more than you, Clay. Yeah, I just want to say I'd rather have eight than have Butch Jones as my coach. Rocky Top, you'll always be a piece of to me. Good old Rocky Top, Rocky Top, Tennessee. Damn large, large is up here in Johnson, Tennessee, and I'm telling you, only in America can you suck at your job and make nine and a half million dollars when you get fired. It's just a damn crying shame, and I'm telling you right now, they need to fire him. How in the absolute do we lose in Knoxville at Neyland Stadium? 41-0? 41-0? Is that a joke? That must be a joke. It must be April. Oh, wait, it's not. Because we did. We lost 41-0 in Neyland, in our home, in Knoxville. Trash. For shows, trash. Larry Scott, trash. Bob shoot trash. Damn it. I came here. I'm a freshman. Just wanted to give football team. Butch Jones hated him since 2015. Wanted him fired after Florida. People said I was ridiculous. It was only year three. Two years later, he's the Georgia at home. Checker game. Basically a sellout. 41 to zero. Can't even score a point. Gets his hair cut at Walmart. It's ridiculous. Depressed. All the other students are depressed. It's probably going to be mass suicide on campus this week. This is my suicide note. The Vols fans fill Neyland to capacity after what he did to Florida. Fire his ass. I'm done. You know, I, I agree Butch Jones should get fired, but why is Clay putting Tennessee on a pedestal like it's a top 10 program? I mean, Tennessee hasn't been relevant since Peyton Manning left. And, yeah, I know they won the title after he left, but still. No one wants to play for Tennessee. The only people that like Tennessee are people from Tennessee. Hey, I'll tell you right now, I'm not wearing orange until uh, Butch Jones is fired from Knoxville. If anybody wants to buy some South Carolina tickets for $20 a piece with a parking pass, let me know. Yeah, Clay, I'd like to personally thank that POS, Butch Jones, for not scoring a damn point. Clay, I'm going to tell you what, son. This was one of the best damn performances from a Tennessee athletic performance standpoint that I've ever damn seen. Butch Jones needs to get his ass on an airplane and fly somewhere that ain't here. And I'll tell you what, I don't even give a Put a dump truck full of money and get John Gruden into this damn program before I get all drunk and I don't even give a Praise the Lord and I love you, Clay. Hey, Clay, I've never watched a Tennessee football game in my entire life, but you got to fire that You know, I just want to say I'd rather have eight than have Butch Jones as my coach. That guy. Oh, what an amazing response. You know, I think this thing's going to get really interesting. Maybe even as early as this weekend. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.